This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Zora was right. History wasn't just something you read in a book. It was everything your life stood on. We who thought we were free from the past were still living it out. That from Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground. It is a book by the author T.R. Simon. It is written for kids beginning at about the age 12. And if you're looking for something to share with your child, this might be a really terrific story. And we are joined right now by the author T.R. Simon. A little later in today's program, we will be talking to the award-winning actor Courtney B. Vance, who co-stars with Julia Roberts in a film that's in theaters right now. In fact, it's one of the films that you should see this month. Ben is back. But first, T.R. Simon, welcome. T.R., tell me, this is a book written for young people, correct? What's the age group that's appropriate to take on this story? I think starting at around age 12 and going up. Um, I Happily, I've had a number of adults actually be surprised when they read it by how much they enjoyed it. And I've spoken to older middle grade and they have really um, seemed to resonate with the story and also teens have liked it. So it's really a story about Zora Neale Hurston as a young girl and her reckoning with the history of slavery in relation to Eatonville. So it's historical fiction. Zora's real and her family members are real and Joe Clark is real. But I've set them in my own version of Eatonville and the stories, of course, fictional. And what I was hoping to do in this book is really show um, younger people and anyone who's interested the ways in which slavery affected the lives of all of us of African-American descent and the ways in which young people in particular have to grapple with the history of slavery and how slavery informed Jim Crow, which was the reality that Zora Neale Hurston lived as a child and as an adult. Why is it important that young people, especially at age 12 and older, begin to learn our history this way in a historical fiction piece such as Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground? I think it's so dangerous when young people don't understand our history, particularly if you're a black child, because it's easy to to accidentally personalize racism. And I think when you begin to understand the historical context of the nation and the political situation of African Americans within North America over the last 300 years, what you begin to realize is that racism is not personal and it's not singling you out. And when you have that feeling, you become entitled to respond to it in productive ways. And it doesn't cripple your genius or destroy your dreams. So I wrote this for my own daughter who's 12 because I think it's so important that she never be cowed or frightened or personalized or find herself diminishing her own beauty or her own potential in response to racism. And I think as hard as it is to get our heads around the horror, once we do and once we understand the systemic nature of oppression in this country, we realize that we're actually up against a force that is trying to make us feel inferior. And we can depersonalize that force and we can come into our brilliance. And I think that's what Zora Neale Hurston's life showed us. She understood the inner workings of, of the politics of America and how, how we adapted to those politics. And as a consequence, she was never pierced by a kind of sword of self-loathing. 
she was really able to maximize her brilliance and to share it with us so that we have it today as her legacy. For those of our listeners who may not be familiar with Zora Neale Hurston and her story, what would you have them to know? Zora Neale Hurston is one of our greatest, most brilliant lights in American letters. She's a brilliant American writer. She's a black, she was a black woman. She grew up in the first African-American incorporated town in America called Eatonville, Florida. And there she learned to love herself and to learn and to love black culture. And so when she left Eatonville, she goes on to New York. She becomes a, a luminary in the Harlem Renaissance. She, she writes the amazing novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God, which is what most people know her for. But she was also a student of anthropology. She also did ethnography. She was a journalist. She was a playwright. She was a novelist. She was a folklorist. She traveled to the island of Hispaniola. She collected, you know, the history of voodoo rituals. She looked at ways in which carryovers from Africa and the Caribbean were, you know, intermingling with African-American culture. And most importantly, she loved black people as they were. So in a way, she was ahead of her time and that she didn't buy into the politics of respectability. She felt that anything we're doing is magnificent. And she felt that we were inherently beautiful. And that's an incredibly powerful message for young people and for everyone, frankly. You reached out to her family when you wanted to do the the historical fiction piece of Zora as a young girl. Uh, they endorsed the project. Tell us how you went about doing that. We contacted Lucy Hurston, who is her niece, and her father was Everett Hurston, Zora Neale Hurston's brother. And we were extremely fortunate that Lucy really, really cottoned to our our depiction of Zora as a child. We were, of course, nervous. And when we began, Vicki and I, when we began book one, we we had to struggle at first to find the voice that we would write it in because we realized pretty quickly that we we couldn't possibly write in Zora Neale Hurston's voice. So we gave Zora a best friend, Carrie, the way that Sherlock Holmes has Watson. And so I think that's another reason that Lucy liked the book is that she saw that in the character of Carrie was all our love and admiration of Zora. And so that the book was in no way trying to, to appropriate Zora's voice, but to rather amplify and and make it accessible to young people so that they, they would have a hook to hang Zora on when they got a little bit older, when they got to college, and they could discover her novels and really discover who she was as a leading intellectual in American life. How exciting is it for you that this book is being used as a piece of literature for age-appropriate students, complete with teaching guides and ways that educators can work to share this story in a way that kids can relate, but also be educated at the same time? Actually, it's a dream come true. So I have loved Zora Neale Hurston since I discovered Their Eyes Were Watching God when I was in college in the 1980s. And I, you know, when I realized I was having a daughter, I wanted to share, you know, the books that I loved with her. And I wanted her to be able to read Zora Neale Hurston as soon as possible. So in part, writing this book and being able to expose children to the idea of Zora's mind, that they might want to pursue her writing and know more about her and to think that I have a hand in that is truly a gift. And I feel deeply lucky and honored to, to be associated with Zora Neale Hurston. And how has your daughter responded? She really likes the books and she loves Zora and she, you know, she likes her folklore stories and she loves the you know, sort of the old-timey, you know, black American language from the turn of the century. And I think also Zora and her folklore are a way in which 
a hard time in American history is made joyful and buoyant and in which he can really understand that as black people, we've always had agency and we've always had beauty and we've always been creative. And it takes that pall off of the idea that somehow we were just subjugated subjugated victims of our history and it makes us agents and powerful creative beautiful agents of our own story what do you say to critics who say when we tell the story of our history which is sometimes not taught as it should be in our schools that we are appealing back our children's innocence sooner than it needs to be lost i strongly disagree with that i don't think that the truth hurts anyone I think that, in fact, the truth empowers us to see what's actually happening. If you watch the news and you're a child and you see that there are police killings of innocent black lives, you know, there's a way in which you can't understand that. And the sooner that you have the tools to understand the ways in which racism works, actually the more protected you are from the horrors of ongoing American racism. So Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground. T.R., you say this is volume two in a trilogy? Yes, there are going to be three volumes. The... The third volume, I believe, will come out at the at some point in 2020, and that will be written by Victoria Bond. So we wrote the first volume together. I wrote the second one alone, and she's writing the third one alone. And then after that, what projects are on your horizon? Surely you're not done telling these stories because there are so many. I don't have plans to return to Zora Neale Hurston at the moment, and I am currently working on a graphic novel for young people about two um little African-American girls who have some extraordinary power. Where did you find this passion for wanting to write for young people? I cannot remember a single moment in my life where I was not enthralled by story. And when I was young, I used to have this sort of elaborate setup in my bedroom with toys everywhere. And they were sort of, you know, they're They each had narratives and they would intermingle. So I would have this kind of running soap opera in my bedroom that would last days. In fact, my mother would sometimes marvel at it. And so I think when I was younger, I didn't know that I was that I had it in me to be a storyteller. And I I worked in publishing and I was always close to people who wrote. And so it wasn't until I was almost 40 that um, I wrote with Vicky the first volume of Zora and Me. And. I realized that maybe I could, in fact, tell stories, you know. So in in, in a certain way, I suffer from that sort of that self-doubt that so many women do where we think, well, no, I might not be good enough. And so it took me a little while, but, but happily I have found my voice, and so I hope to keep writing. What do you hope student readers will take away from this trilogy of stories about Zora Neale Hurston's childhood as told through historical fiction? The first and foremost thing I hope they take away is an interest, a curiosity, and, and, and hopefully the beginnings of a love of Zora Neale Hurston. The second thing is I'd like them to see life under Jim Crow through the eyes of Zora Neale Hurston, for them to understand that even in the depth of degradation, which is what Jim Crow was, there was beauty in our lives and that we had worth and integrity and dignity and competence. And the third thing in volume two, which is Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground, I would really like them to understand concretely the connection between slavery and Jim Crow and that we are living a continuum and that Black Lives Matter is a continuum from slavery and Jim Crow. And I want them to also understand that slavery is something that we have to reckon with even though it's very hard. And I tried in this volume to throw, to show through the stories of two girls who were initially free and, beca- and one becomes enslaved to the other. So they were best friends that are altered by finding themselves in the South. 
I wanted them to really see the resilience of girlhood friendship and to see the horror of what it is to lose freedom and to understand the mechanics by which we psychologically would have to adjust to slavery. And I wanted to do it in a way that I hope wasn't overstimulating, but was actually true to the experience of the time and true to some of the horror, again, without overwhelming. And then to show how Zora Neale Hurston would make sense of that and what would drive her passion to find anthropology as an adult and to want to tell the stories of black lives in her adulthood. Well, it is an extraordinary piece of work, Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground. The author is T.R. Simon. The book, a great read for young people, available now. And now we transition from the pages to the big screen. Ben is back, is in theaters now, stars Julia Roberts, the Academy Award winner, and Courtney B. Vance. I mean, honestly, I'm so angry at the two of you right now. I am. What did I do? You gave up on him. You both have. This is not giving up. It is. It's, no, it's, it's giving which we do about what's best for him and for you. You have a problem with him, Neil. No, I'm rooting for him, but I'm frustrated. He's lucky, and we're we're playing loose with it. Okay, Neil. If he were black, he would be in jail by now. Maybe this isn't the time. We said we weren't going to do this again. Remember? I remember. From studying history at Harvard to making history in Hollywood, Courtney B. Vance has carefully cultivated an extraordinary career that showcases his passion, his talent, and his intellect. His penchant for successfully finding the dignity and honor in each character he explores has made him a powerful presence from the theatrical boards to the silver screen. He won the Emmy, the Critics' Choice Award, and the NAACP Image Award for his stunning portrayal of Johnny Cochran in the FX series The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. He also earned SAG and Golden Globe nominations for that role. Currently, he can be seen in the film Ben Is Back with Academy Award winner Julia Roberts. Courtney B. Vance, thanks for making the time, and congratulations on a great year. Thank you. It was a, it was a good year. We, we're ending it on uh, a high note, personally. Let's just say that. Okay. Can you share? The sharing would be the movie coming out, uh, Uncorked, uh, Netflix Uncorked, uh, Just in the Can, uh, Power, I'm about to finish, and uh, the Grammy nomination for uh, Accessory to War, and... Uh, um, Isle of Dogs, uh, Golden Globe. I, I would say that was a pretty good end of the year, personally. And we would agree. So you are in Ben is Back in theaters now. You are appearing with the Academy Award winner Julia Roberts, Oscar-nominated Lucas Hedges. This is a very intense story. Tell us how you came to be a part of this project. Well, the, Mr. Hedges gave, gave me a call, and uh, Peter Hedges, and he's very passionately uh, engaged in the project. project. It's a very personal story, and since I heard his uh, personal story and his, uh, he would wanted me to be a part of it, I, and then I heard that Miss Roberts, who I've been... Uh, a fan of since uh, Mystic Pizza days. Uh, I was very excited, and there was no need to speak any further about it. Just uh, tell me where to show up. So um, that was uh, that was it. I, I, it's a very 
timely piece. There's, uh, um, uh, I think there's, it's a, the, our society is um, in the in the interest of being uh, efficient and uh, being able to call in uh, um, refills. Uh, we have we've uh, gone beyond what we need to do, and people are uh, abusing the the system. Uh, this young man in our film, the the doctor overprescribed him and uh, for a, a skateboard accident, and the young man ended up being hooked on on uh, just escalating the the drug use. So um, I think it's uh, there's many communities in our in our uh, in our world today, and uh, it's a very personal story for myself because I had a a surgery, uh, impactful surgery, t- a year and a half ago, and I stayed on my pro- doctor protocol for. A month with hydrocodone or um, oxycodone—I can't remember which one of or both it was. Um, but you know, you keep the pain at bay and you do what you're told to do. And a month in, I said, "Okay, that's enough. I'm going to come off." And I came off, and I couldn't sleep for a week. I couldn't, literally, couldn't sleep. But no one talks about the side effects of these um, um, painkillers and. Um, so that's if it was for me just a, a month for something that um, I needed. I can imagine for um, people, young people uh, who have an addictive personality, and once you and I, I was actually encouraged by uh, one of the medical uh, professionals to, well, maybe you should just stay on it for a little bit longer and ease up. I said, Are you out of your mind? I'm coming off. What are you doing? What are you saying? So it, it's a it's an epidemic, and we we need to deal with it. And this this film puts it front and center in a very wonderful way. In fact, here's a little more from the film. I thought we had an understanding. The therapists, the doctors, everyone, even even you, agreed that it's in your best interest not to be home yet. I know. There's too many triggers for you here. That was months ago. And, and, and your sponsor said. Please let, let Ben tell me, please. Please. Indeed it does. There's a lot of Oscar buzz already around the film. That's got to be rewarding for you, sir. Oh, yes. It's, you know, we, we knew when we were shooting at this season, when we, uh, everyone agreed to sign on, this is one of those labors of love. And we will... Uh, um, we just whatever you need us to do because we know what we're um everyone knew what this what this was it uh Manchester by the sea uh, moonlight it was a little film it is the little film that could and we just uh we just plug away at it chip away at it and uh, knowing that uh um we have our secret weapon which is uh, Miss Julia Roberts so uh, who is so wonderful in it mother who won't give up Indeed, one of the most compelling lines that she has in the trailer is when she looks at Ben and says, okay, just tell me where you want me to bury you. I mean, that just rips your heart mm. out. Mm. Yes, it it does, and there's uh, another one in, in there where I'd say to the two of them, Lucas and to uh, Miss Julia's characters, if, if Lucas was black, he'd be dead. So, you know, it, there's, there's a lot to be able to, uh, from all families, any families, to be able to, to take from this and to realize the, the, the world is struggling, We're, our country is struggling, our families are struggling, our cities are struggling, our communities are struggling. And we need to, to, we, we need to look at schools, especially in this day and age where 
um, the people are, are going up to schools and doing some terrible, terrible things and out of anger. Um, we, there's there's a whole host of things that uh, our communities need to come together and just um, deal with it, and uh, no no uh, no shame, no judgments, just just dealing with people, just uh, just trying to get people to uh, come together and make some changes for the better. We're on the line with actor Courtney B. Vance. He is one of the stars of one of the best new movies to see this month. Ben is back. Ben is a young man struggling with drug addiction, as Mr. Vance has told us. And when Ben reappears at his family's home at Christmas, everybody, especially his mom, who was played by Oscar winner Julia Roberts, is thrown for a serious loop. Mr. Vance, it's incredible to me that this story, which does so much, in real time takes place in the film over one day. Mm, yes, it does. Uh... Uh, that's that's the uh, the power of it, focusing uh, all of that uh, energy, all that angst into one day. You've got one day to to get uh, uh, yourself uh, in here, enjoy Christmas, and get out. And um, that's the power of the the script. That's the power of uh, Peter Hedges' uh, idea, and uh, which is uh, why the story is so impactful and so uh, concentrated. Because there's it, within the the spans of one day, this all takes place and you you wonder at the end of the film what's next what happens what what is uh i guess that that uh that allows for uh, literally bend his back too <laughs> how would you characterize your character's parenting style versus the parenting style of your of your wife cuz you play Ben's stepfather and then Julia Roberts mm-hmm. plays your wife and you guys it seems don't exactly see eye to eye here. No, that uh, and that's real life. That's uh, that's what uh, families struggle with. Is someone is the uh, disciplinarian, someone is the um, doesn't want to be wants to be a friend. So um, um, that's why another reason why the the film is impactful, and, and because parents can so readily identify with uh, children splitting parents and going to one parent and saying one thing and and not anticipating the parents not talking so they'll be able to get their way and the parents don't find out till later well he told me this boy he told me that so um yes it's uh it's it's a very very real real situation real story um uh, and i think one that uh families and communities can readily identify with because of the concentration of the time period and uh, and the reality of the situation. Well, the film is in uh, theaters, select cities now. It opened December 7th. The film is Ben is Back. We are talking to the award-winning actor, Courtney B. Vance. He plays Neil in the film. Uh, Mr. Vance, I can't let you go without, again, congratulating you on a great year and telling you how much I absolutely love your wife on 911. Oh, amen. I'll, uh, I'll pass that on to her. Courtney B. Vance, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Also earlier, again, thank you to the author T.R. Simon. Again, that book for your young people, Zora and Me, The Cursed Ground. Again, the author is T.R. Simon. Appropriate for kids middle school age. I encourage you to check it out. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29, on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time 
as we examine another perspective. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.